Creative Babble. What's up? What'd you think of the episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the pirate theme was cool. The pirate theme? You like it? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool, the pirate theme. I, I thought it was pretty well done, actually. Um, came after me pretty hard. Well, I told you we needed to tell the story. Yeah, you did. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah you did. I... I'm a human being. Anytime someone comes after you, you yeah. know you're going to cringe a bit. Yeah, not, yeah, exactly. It's hard to hear things about yourself. Last time, Michael Torres told us that he discovered a mass Jewish grave. So, because we stumbled onto the Jewish section of all those graves, it actually was more than just Jewish, because there's more graves. And the earliest date was 2017. So, so it's not a Jewish mass grave? No, right? no, it's not. No, because we didn't know how far it went down. We just saw the Jewish section. It turns out it wasn't a mass grave at all. Michael Torres happened to discover scraps of headstones scattered along the riverbank in order to reduce erosion. But is it a mass grave? We found, we found bodies. <laughs> They're unmarked graves. I don't know where the line is. I mean, I don't know what to call it now. I don't know what to call that either. Maybe a wild goose chase? I basically just pissed off the entire city. (laughs) I might get run out with pitchforks and torches. So there are no mass graves. There may or may not be an iron casket buried in the sand. And that colonial mansion Michael claims he found? Well, that's not a new discovery. They bulldozed that house after a fire in 1923. It was well documented in books, movies, and newspapers. But what about the Peruvian burial mask? I haven't spoken to one person who says that this mask is real. In fact, everyone I've spoken to seems to think that this ancient mask is really just a machine-stamped souvenir. So they're arguing that the dots are too close together for it to be real. Not that they're too close together, but they're too evenly spaced and too perfect. That makes What are they basing that on? Uh, I guess those... uh, high-resolution images, the scans. I have detailed pictures of the mask, but nothing else. No one with real expert knowledge of ancient Peru has actually examined the mask. So as of now, there's no way to know if this artifact was made by machines or if it's real. Torres says that just because the construction of the mask seems flawless, doesn't mean it's fake. In fact, he says that's what makes it a wonder. So you know that the ancients could do that. Like, they built the pyramids, and you can't get a piece of paper into the... Like, there's not even a space enough to get paper through it. Stonehenge is perfectly aligned with the winter solstice. Michael Torres is waiting to officially authenticate the mask in front of the cameras for his yet-to-air documentary. As a spectator in the world of fraud, I allow myself to get sucked in towards the center of the storm. I do this with great caution. The closer I get to the lie, the more believable the stories get. And unlike victims who are emotionally and financially invested, it's easier for me to just circle outside of the hurricane's eye wall. The point is, the closer you get, the harder it is to tell fact from fiction. It's exhausting. So no more stories, no more bullshit. Today, I'm going to serve you some cold hard facts. And in the end, I'll let you decide. 
I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep our, it simple. Uh, I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav bros. Good job. Let's go back to the beginning. Michael Torres and the folks at Seafair Exploration hate each other's guts. But it wasn't always that way. To learn more, I called Craig Huffman, the attorney who represents Seafair Exploration. Who approached who? Did Michael Torres approach Seafair or was it the other way around? He was introduced to Seafair. And then he came to Seafair representing himself and all his abilities, technical abilities of that he would be able to build something that would be able to be used to detect treasure. And he gave quite a resume, I would call it resume, very, very technical. And it's very into a lot of defense technologies that would make you think that this guy is absolutely one of the best technical experts to design something. And at the time when, when he was introduced to Seafarer, was this pretty exciting to have somebody with quote unquote, all this experience? Extremely, extremely. And what gave it such credibility was his representations of his military time, being a wounded veteran, having served overseas, having worked for all these defense contractors. And, you know, I hate to say it, and people can look back on it, and they can say, well, why didn't you check it? Well, when someone says that they're a wounded veteran and that they've served overseas and that they've done the things that he said he had done, you kind of take them at face value. And for the first time in a long time, Seafair Exploration's future seemed bright. Of course, he was making something or supposed to make something that was the first of its kind. So you can imagine you have to have a starting point. So you're giving him the resources, the money and the tools and so forth that he could start making this. And it wasn't going to happen overnight. Seafarer hired Torres to build a game changer, a vessel that can scan the ocean floor for silver and gold. But that ship never hit the water. So what happened? Why did Kyle Kennedy have so much faith in Torres? 
I listened to a podcast where you were on and you said one of our scientists, Michael Torres, and you called him a brilliant scientist. You, you were yeah. really selling him Absolutely. up. Yeah. Well, at, at that point in time, obviously, I had a much different opinion of him. And, and it was based on how he speaks, what he says. And, and what he was telling myself, my board, my management, and, and the divers of the company. When he was brought to me, before I even met the son of a bitch, they, they, they bring him in, they go, oh my God, Kyle, this is a war hero. And, and he got his PhD at MIT. And then later that changed to Duke, which I said, okay, you know, the guy that told me was just wrong. Okay, he made a mistake. It's Duke. Duke is still good. <laughs> I won't hold that against him. Kennedy says that Torres was convincing. He not only fooled the folks at Seafair, he also fooled other engineers. I even went to some guys that got their PhD from MIT that taught over at FIT, uh, Florida Institute of Technology, and I had them talk for three hours. And they talked about classrooms, they talked about professors, and the guy comes to me and says, oh yeah, he's the real deal. Okay, well, I'm hiring the guy. He wasn't the real deal. He had been there before. He stole some uh, books from there that all have MIT printed on the side of the book. I said, well, let me ask you this. With your ability to do all this deep space work and radar type stuff, I said, can you build me something that will see gold and silver under the sand? And he goes, well, yeah. Yeah, you pay for it. I can build it for sure. Hmm. And I was like, wow. Well, that's what we need to do. I'll hire you right now. And I did. Everything was going smoothly, but then the wheels started to fall apart. Craig Huffman told me that the company landed a government contract that required certain people to get clearances. That means everyone involved needed to pass a background check. Criminal records, credit history, education, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's when the questions started going to Torres. Hey, we need your background for your education. We need your background for your military and so forth. And there were months of promises that he would get it to them, and then he didn't. Here's Kyle Kennedy again. And, and I'm going to try to pull something to, just to give you an idea about what I was faced with. I did a background search on him with one of my guys that uh, had been with the FBI uh, for 28 years. And he came back to me and said, Kyle, I can't find anything on this guy. And I went, wow, that's weird. So I go back to Mike and I said, Mike, he couldn't find your scholastic background. He couldn't find your military background. He goes, oh, that's because it's been scrubbed because I'm super top secret. And he goes, I'm so top secret that my entire background has been scrubbed. Was that the first <laughs> sign of that you thought maybe something was wrong? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of the signs for sure. This is the kind of, of, of speaking that Mike is capable of doing. He's one of the best con artists I've ever seen in the world. This guy should go on tour. He'll put in here, like in this thing that he that he sent us on his product development systems and architectural design and systems prototyping. Right off the bat, that sounds pretty good. Kyle Kennedy starts rattling lines from Torres' resume. I have a large amount of experience developing and following design documents. Con ops. A-A-K-U-L-I-N-E. Radio joint tactical radio system. Tolerant flight. I threw put. Purchase, pay, OH 58, OH 60 millimeter flight management system. Okay, who says stuff like that, right? And, 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 and when you hear this stuff, and they can just spout this stuff off, you go, oh my God. And then 
he'll go to a whiteboard and he'll start writing equations like in Goodwill Hunting, where they write all these equations across the board and it's got parentheses and brackets and squares and shit that I don't even know what it even means. And, and he'll just write that stuff. Right. And he'll go, oh, there's the answer to building this device. And it'll be like, oh my God, you're brilliant. This is ingenious. And you don't even know what the hell you're even looking at, right? But but he's telling you, here's you the solution. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let me right? ask you. I mean, I, I'm reading the same thing you just read off, like the Joint Tactical Radio Systems Fault Tolerant Flight Computer High Throughput right. Phrase Array Antenna. Does yeah. any of that mean anything to you? I mean, are those industry terms? Because uh-huh. I'm not. I'm not in your industry, but it makes no sense to me. But does that make sense no, to you? No, those are all military terms. No, those are all military terms. Kyle Kennedy is starting to get that sinking feeling that he will never get to see that ship. And so there was never a device ever built because he couldn't build a device because it's all bullshit. Because all he did was lie to me. And it would be lie after lie after lie. Oh, no, I've got this thing, you know, I've got this thing tucked back. You can't see it. I don't want you to see it. We when did you figure it. out that it was uh, maybe a hoax? Almost. Probably a good nine months plus into it. It was like, I'm not seeing any finished product. And, and, and every day he tells me he's got further advancements, right? But I'm not seeing it. Craig Huffman, the attorney for Seafarer, says that it's not just the fact that he didn't build the sea searcher. The company lost lots of time and money in the process. How far did he get it with this project? He never made a model that never touched the water or did anything. But during that time, he was paid over $96,000 in cash, about $7,000 in expenses. And most importantly, he was issued over 61 million shares of common stock. Even today, at today's price is three hundred and five thousand dollars. Let's let's suppose that you're right, and that Michael Torres is not who he says he is. Was mm-hmm. he at least when he was there? Was he knowledgeable about things, or was he just like fumbling around trying to pull a fast one on people? To a layman, he would seem very knowledgeable. It's when he got in the room later with engineers that everything came back and said, this guy is speaking nonsense. Kyle Kennedy says he spent all this money on equipment and salary with nothing to show for it. If Torres is a real engineer, he's not saying it. And the other thing I'm not seeing is I'm not seeing him give me his DD-214. A DD-214 is a document that proves that you were discharged or released from active duty. And they were going, hey, you need to get this DD-214 from this guy, because we think he's full of shit. We, we don't think he was an airborne ranger, much less a war hero. And, and then I, I met an airborne ranger and that is a real airborne ranger, and I introduced the two of them. And when the meeting was over, we went back out and got in the car. The guy got in the car with me, and he says, Kyle, this guy's full of shit. He's not an airborne ranger. I'm an airborne ranger. And I can tell you right now, he is not an airborne ranger. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah. And those 20 medals that he's got on the wall. I said, yeah. He goes, that's bullshit. He goes, you could put Patton and MacArthur together and they don't have that many medals. And I went, really? And he goes, yeah, that's total shit, man. And, and he goes, it pisses me off and he needs to be sued and arrested for theft of valor. Kyle Kennedy told me that he quickly realized something wasn't right. 
He says that Michael Torres was known to tell tall tales of combat. And he would sit and talk to him in the, in the evenings about all of his war stories and how he had to kill little boys with his knife, you know, because they were going to shoot him and how he saved his colonel's life by, you know, shooting a terrorist with a grenade. And, and he seized because he shot him through the spinal cord and he couldn't release the pen. And, you know, the, the stories you hear this guy tell and, you know, oh, I'd call these air raids in. And the timeline here is really interesting because Kyle Kennedy says that he spent months researching Torres's background. And it took a long time for these places to respond. Like when I sent stuff into Citadel, it took three months for them to get back to me with written documents. But the podcast where Kennedy props up Michael Torres to investors was recorded a month before he fired him. Dr. Torres, he is a brilliant scientist. So if he suspected Torres of being a fraud, why is he talking him up to investors? Either way, Kennedy and his attorney Craig Huffman provided me with their research. And as far as I can tell, it looks like they're right. Torres' credentials don't add up. They turned over all his military records and it showed that he, not only did he not graduate from the Citadel, he actually failed out of Air Force ROTC there in his second year. And there was no other education or military service whatsoever for him. So all his statements of being in the Army, being a geospatial, 35 Gulf, as they would call it on MLS, all these things just were not to fruition and did not exist. And how were you able to verify the military experience? Oh, we did that direct through the uh, military, through the Army Personnel Records Center. I, I have those records. I can share them with you. I tried requesting Torres' military record with no avail. However, Craig Huffman says that he successfully got a copy of Torres' military personnel records. I'm reading through it right now, and it states that a DD-214 was not issued because a veteran had no active service or less than 90 consecutive days of active duty. It states here that Torres was honorably discharged from the Air Force ROTC after failure to maintain academic and military standards. It says here that Cadet Torres received two Fs and a 1.2 GPA during his last semester and therefore was dismissed from the Citadel. I called the Citadel to confirm this, and here's what I learned. Hey, how's it going? Um, I have a transcript in front of me. It's for um, a person that graduated from the Citadel, and I wanted to verify that this transcript is legitimate. Um, is there a way okay. to do that? It's like if Michael Torres never attended school here. Uh, I'm going to have to go find the transcript. Though. But once I had my military documents and my academic documents backed up, including Duke saying that he had never attended there and they didn't have him, you know, and they don't offer that. Then once I had it all put together, then I presented them a package and said, you have until next Friday to present to me your DD-214 and your academic background. And if you don't have either of those, you're gone. Yeah. Well, needless to say, he didn't have either of those, and he can't produce those. And just like that, Kyle Kennedy told Torres to take a long walk off a short plank. Torres' military record looks shaky at best. There's no proof of any tours to Afghanistan, no raids on villages, no nothing. Craig Huffman says that he served as a JAG officer in the Army, and to him, these stories that Torres is telling are personal. How does that make you feel? 
Well, considering that I know people who died during the invasion of Iraq, and I've known people who died in Afghanistan, and I was the guy who wrote the wills for over 2,000 members, and a number of those wills were used, okay, and that they died. I'm uh, more than put off on this, and if that's true that he, you know, did not serve, then there's a certain federal act, the Stolen Valor Act, that goes right toward a medal for a Purple Heart, at the least. Well, that's being looked at. What about Duke? Did Michael Torres really graduate with an engineering degree from Duke? This one's really interesting because I have a photo of the diploma from the School of Engineering with his name on it. So let's call Duke's registrar office to find out. If you are in need of assistance, please send an email to registrar at duke.edu. I emailed Duke, but I got no response. Hmm. From what I'm seeing on the web, Duke doesn't even offer a program on aeronautical engineering. So it's conceivable that Torres has a PhD from Duke's School of Engineering, but I can't confirm it. We'll have to file this one under plausible. They, they didn't even offer a degree at, at the time in aeronautical engineering, a doctorate in aeronautical engineering, which is what he claimed to have had. Yeah. But, but I tell you, man, when you listen to this guy, oh, my God, he can rattle this stuff off like there's no tomorrow. And, and I mean, be so convincing. Hey, it, it wasn't just me that, that he tricked. I mean, he tricked my board. He tricked my management group. You know, he tricked the divers that were all military guys around him. Uh, he fooled them all. Th this guy is good. He's the best I've ever seen. Michael yeah. Torres told me that you guys faked his resume, the, the one that you sent. I told him, I said, hey, they sent me a resume that it's claiming all these things that they're saying in the complaint. And, and he says, well, they made that up. No, I didn't make that up. That's what he sent to us. I, I couldn't even begin to tell you how to even make up this thing that's, that's on this page in front of me right now. I, I couldn't put this together. You know, I don't even know somebody who could put this together. This guy is just, uh, just the biggest liar that I've ever come across on the face of the earth, ever. The, the, he was introduced to me as a war hero and a PhD from MIT. That's how he was introduced to me. When he left me, he went telling all these other people he's a PhD from Duke and a war hero. In fact, here's the audio of Torres talking about his credentials on an unreleased podcast called Beyond. I'm a doctor. My doctorate is in aeronautical engineering. Oh my goodness, Dr. Torres. Nice time to sound like Indiana Jones. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Don't make me blush. Oh, but I legit own a few fedoras. That cross is an important artifact. It belongs in a museum. It belongs in a museum! And not to belabor the point, but Indiana Jones is a teacher by day. Me too. Well, I was. After some combat, I went back to my studies. I went to Duke University. Later on, I did some teaching at MIT. But when I wasn't in a combat zone or a classroom, my vacations around the world started to involve tomb raiding and smuggling stuff out. In this clip, Michael Torres presents himself as Dr. Torres. He claims he went to Duke, taught at MIT, and was in combat. At least we know that Seafair Exploration isn't asking him to embellish his resume. He seems to be doing fine on his own. I never have. I've never asked him to say anything. I've never asked anybody to do anything to be even remotely close to wrong, because it would jeopardize my entire company and all the money that I have put into this thing, including my family. Just to hear this shit, man. 
it's like, oh, my God. And, and, and then to come out and go, oh, Kyle made me do it? You son of a if, – if, if I could get hold of this guy physically, yeah, I'd, I'd like to really let him know what I think. Yeah, you want to talk about the, some lies? Let me give you something to talk about. One other thing he said was that what you're really trying to do is extort him for the Peruvian burial mask. <laughs> when he brought that Peruvian burial mask in, it was like, what a crock of shit. You didn't find this on our site. He found it on his own, on his own time, and we have nothing to do with it. And I repeatedly said that multiple times in multimedia-type uh, programs and, and conversations and certainly with shareholders, et cetera. The mask is a fake. I didn't put all this money into this, or I have my daughters and brothers and parents put all this money into this for this con artist to, to steal it from us. And I damn sure wouldn't tell him to go tell somebody it was something that he wasn't. And it wouldn't have done me any good to hire him and, and listen to all of his bullshit. And what know? do you think he's he, getting he, out he of all this? Uh, well, he got a hell of a payday. You know, I paid him over $120,000. So he got a hell of a payday. And, and, and then stock on top of that, which I'm getting back. When we come back, I'm calling Michael Torres. What will he say when I confront him with these facts? When you ask me, how is this going to make me look? Well, if, if, I can't, if I can't verify these things, it's going to just be like your story, right? Yeah. What I wanted to do today is kind of walk through the, the complaint, play a game of true or false. Seafarers claims that they paid you a total of $96,500 in payments and compensation and $6,900 for expense charges to the company. And then you were also issued 61 million shares of common stock. Is any of that true? Uh, I don't know the numbers. It, it may be accurate. And I think they actually gave me a little bit more stock than that. I think I'm at like 71 million. They say that uh, Taurus never had any technology being developed in any fashion that he represented. So, like, basically, they're talking about what they currently have as a sea searcher, right? While you right. were there, while you were at Seafarer, was the whole purpose of you joining Seafarer to develop this technology? Uh, yes, yes and no. I was a show pony. So Kyle, so I had two real, two, really two functions. Kyle would pretty much prance me around to raise money saying that he was going to create this technology. He used me as a prop and to create technology to disertain and discern noble metals in the subsea floor. And, and while you were there, did you ever actually develop any technology or was it just an idea oh, yeah. stage? Oh, yeah. No, well, no. I had a con ops written. I had the systems engineering plan written. I had the systems architecture down. I had some of the hardware developed, and I had like seventy percent of the software developed. But it never, like, never got to a prototype he stage, yeah, or he never funded it. Like, I gave him a budget. I even have the budget and the schedule. He did. He never funded it. I didn't have parts. I didn't have engineers. I requested engineers. He said he'd give them to me. Never saw them. So basically, you came up with a plan and the budget, but it never really got developed. Right. And so how different is what you're doing, what you did with them and their sea searcher that they're trying to develop now? Oh, it's, it, the sea, it's, it's, a, it's a Lego toy. 
what they did was they went and bought a five thousand dollar submersible package and they just put sonar sensors and a metal in a in a, a metal a metal detection system on it and that's all they did everybody has that it's not even a subsea profiler it's old technology it's just, they're just trying to market something they threw together that doesn't even work I mean, the idea is to be able to scan the ocean floor and tell what kind of substance are down there. Like, so for instance, silver versus gold and et cetera. Is that the way I understand it? Yeah, they're they're just using a metal detector to do that. They're using just basic, basic metal detector. All right. And you also worked as a staff member and researcher at MIT at Draper Labs? Uh, Draper and Lincoln. Michael Torres forwarded me an offer letter from MIT. It looks real. So I called the number on the MIT Draper Labs offer letter. Hello, this is Kim. Hi, Kim. Um, I'm calling because I wanted to verify somebody's employment. Um, I have a, an offer letter, a copy of an offer letter from the MIT Lincoln Laboratories. But the lady on the phone was unable to tell me conclusively whether he worked there or not. So maybe he worked at MIT. Maybe not. We'll file this one under who the hell knows category. So at Duke University, were you in the aeronautical engineer program? It was a mechanic. It was under mechanical. Oh, okay. Cause they keep saying aeronautical. Technically, I mean, it was, it was in the aeronautical department, but it's all under mechanical engineering. Well, technically there is no aerospace engineering program at Duke University. You can get an aerospace engineering certificate, but not a degree. And by the way, this aerospace engineering certificate was introduced at Duke in 2016. Michael's diploma says he graduated eight years earlier in 2008. I called Duke University to confirm, but we never heard back. Again, the photo on the diploma may or may not be real, but who knows? What about the military experience? So did you graduate from the Citadel? Yes. You have the transcript. Well, I have the transcript, but... I called the Citadel today, and they were yeah. unable to find the transcripts. I just you wanted to find verify. my transcripts. No. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> okay, I have no idea. When I right click on the on the Citadel information and I look at the metadata, it, it says that it yeah. was it was produced in Corel Draw. I have no idea what that is. It's, uh, it's basically like a cheap Photoshop. Michael didn't have a clear answer for this. I had them. I, I, I tried to get into any other way I could. The weird thing is, when I called the Citadel, they had no records of Torres, but Seafair Exploration sent me his transcripts and military records. These look like legit copies. How did they get these records? I have no idea. Craig Huffman, Seafair's attorney, also sent me a copy of Michael Torres' resume, and boy, was that a doozy. He also sent me... The resume that, that you sent them? And I never sent them a resume. So you're saying that what I'm looking at is fabricated? Yes. Okay. All right. I never sent them a resume. It goes on and on and on. It's multiple pages. It, it does include Astronomics Aerostats, TAT LLC. If I scroll down... It says that you were in the U.S. Army 82nd and 3rd Brigade. 5th. Mm-hmm. And they got that somewhere. Some of those are accurate. 
It says that your education was a BS electrical engineer from the Citadel in, in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, yep. PhD aeronautical engineer from Duke University, Durham. Yeah, so that's, some of that's accurate. I never sent them one, though. I called up Craig Hoffman to talk about Torres' credentials. Here's the really interesting part. So I, I've been talking with Michael Torres, and he's actually produced some evidence that counters uh, things that are in the complaint. And one of those things mm -hmm. is I've seen a photograph of his diploma from Duke, from the School of Engineering, and he has a doctorate's degree in engineering. Of course, it's a photograph, so there's no way for me to really tell if it's true or not, but... I've also seen a photograph of the acceptance letter from MIT Lincoln Laboratory, and mm -hmm. he, he sent me a, a transcript, a copy of his transcript from the Citadel. So what, what do you say about all this? I guess I'll just have to rely upon the records that we got from the failure out of Air Force ROTC and what we got as far as the Citadel is he was... Um, discharged and let go in his second year. There is a possibility that he may have worked at MIT. We're not completely clear of that, but it may have been like just working in a lab or something. The only thing that Michael Torres refused to elaborate on, whether or not he was a wounded Purple Heart recipient, why, what do you have to say to that? If he really did have a Purple Heart, why wouldn't he come forward with it? What I would tell you now is if you look at the actual video of him on the television interviews, they have what they call a, your metal box up on the wall, okay, as he's being interviewed in his mm -hmm. place. And he shows that off all the time. So the state of his existence as being a wounded American you know, soldier is not only highly suspect to me, but I happen to know that there are investigations being done outside of us on that. If everything you're saying is true, what, what is he trying to gain from all this? He's trying to build a persona that people will believe so that he can go out and do like he's doing on YouTube and going along the inner bay and intercoastal and coming up with things and convincing people that he knows how to find treasure. When the reality is many of the things that he's finding are very suspect as being much more recent. He's more active on Instagram. Every day he's showing some new artifact that he's found of like lost civilization and or lost settlement and very, very wild stories. He's definitely an interesting yeah, character. It, it, you know, if everything were true about him, he'd be a fantastic character for a reality TV. He could come across and be a good character to be the prime guy on a reality TV series looking for treasure. Unfortunately, we just don't see anything that was true. I'm looking at his Instagram now. He said he found some Civil War era buckles, horseshoes. Yep. Yeah, that's some of the stuff that so it'd be, I'd be interested to get your take on some of these videos that he posted. Oh, The Black Dive. It's got 2,000 followers. The Black Dive is Michael Torres' Instagram handle. Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff, the Civil War stuff, is probably realistic. You can certainly find those things. If you're in the right areas, you're going to find Civil War relics. I'm interested in some of these bottles and stuff I'm seeing here. 
some of those bottles and stuff are interesting, but they do look to be about Civil War era just by the shapes and because of the tops of them and so forth. Those definitely are not colonial era. But they're also not like fake either, right? I no, mean, those don't look to be fake. Yeah. He's not completely pulling the wool over people's eyes, right? I mean, like. No, if he's out finding, if he's out finding uh, Civil War relics and things like that, not the same as finding treasure wrecks. Even the folks at Seafair acknowledge that Michael Torres does have a few finds under his belt. Heck, if you're keeping count, he's definitely scored more points. But what's that old expression? Even a blind squirrel will find the nut every once in a while? Well, the problem with lies is that it's hard to sift out the truth. Lying is a form of deception, but not all forms of deceptions are lies. Everything I found out about Michael Torres is rooted in some sort of truth. I can't prove that he didn't go to Duke or worked at MIT, but that doesn't mean he didn't. He also says he was an engineer, and I've spoken to a former boss who swears that he is. He says he found the Peruvian death mask, and he sure found something, and Ivy League professors don't deny that it's an interesting find, but they're not claiming it's real either. And does it really matter if it's even real? Torres reminds me that he never claimed to be an archaeologist. So how do you measure the destruction caused by lies? Seafair Exploration measures it with money. They say they lost lots of money because of Torres. But did his lies ultimately hurt the company? I guess that's for the courts to decide. But what about the most egregious lie of them all? The accusation of stolen valor. He says he studied at the Citadel, and that's true. But what he's not telling you up front is that he flunked out. They say he claims to be a Purple Heart recipient, but I've never personally heard him say that. And yes, he does have a box full of medals on his living room wall, but those could belong to anybody. I guess my point is, is this a case of stolen valor or just a guy telling big fish stories? I mean, he was in the military, we know that, but did he really serve two tours in Afghanistan or shoot a man holding a grenade in order to save a fellow soldier? Most likely not. The question that's been bugging me this entire series is, is Michael Torres even a con man? Hmm, maybe. But no more than your crazy uncle who this Thanksgiving is going to tell you wild stories about his rendezvous with Marilyn Monroe or skipping out of Vietnam because he got thrown in jail for getting into a bar fight the night before deployment. It's not a con job. It's just a good story. But even still, that doesn't make it right. Why does everyone question me? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> everyone, like... Like, here it is. <laughs> I am a competent engineer. Well, I think some people question you because there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, but then there's a lot of unanswered questions to what you're saying. So it's almost like half-truths, right? So for instance, I'll give you an example of why I have trouble sometimes trusting you is because okay. like the mask, you said yeah. that, that you misspoke, that they did not authenticate it. But at one point you no, did I, say I, it. I, I misspoke. Right. But I did not understand the difference between, okay, this was early on in this whole process. I'm not sure that I 100% understood. Like if, if somebody from Columbia university tells me that this mask is Peruvian, most likely Mochi, Moche, I'm going to believe them. <laughs> and especially since it had iridium in it and all of the studies I've read, 
points to one specific place in Peru and Bolivia, I believed them. <laughs> I mean, I, you so what am I supposed to do? I got three distinguished professors telling me, I, I believe them. <laughs> no, no, I, I get it. But you asked me why does everybody question things is because I think sometimes maybe either here, here's the best case scenario, either you jump the gun and you get so excited about things that you say, man, I think I found this mass Jewish grave. But then like before really figuring it out, like instead of saying, hey, I found something really fucked up here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Right. It's not intentional. It's just my personality. Right. So that's the best case scenario. And then excited. the worst case scenario is that, that you're lying, right? I think that's what people probably, but that's when you ask why are people questioning you, that's yeah. probably why. Yeah, I get overexcited. It's my ADHD kicking in. <laughs> it wasn't easy for Michael Torres to listen to four episodes of us debating whether or not he's a liar. And I'm sure Seafair Exploration doesn't appreciate all the skepticism about their business practices. That was rough. Yeah, I bet, I bet it is. I, I bet that's not easy. But remember, I'm not making a puff piece on you. Like, uh, I'm I know. Trying I'm to, not accusing you of anything. Right. I'm, I'm trying, not yelling or anything. I'm no, not, no, I'm not no. mad. I'm just... I know. It's hard, it's, it's hard to, to listen to that. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm a human being. I'm a bit butthurt, but I'll get over it. <laughs> you, you know, it was well done. Um, and I see where you were going with it at the end of it. I just, I'm a human being. Yeah. I got butthurt. And anybody tell me something comes to you, your character, you tend to... Fucker, but I'll yeah, live. I got you, man. I got you. So what's next, man? Like, what? What are you? What are you looking for next? I'm gonna this? take up the rest of that colony. Yeah. Oh, and and do I do I call you too much? No, man. I mean, no, you don't. I mean, oh, yeah, okay. you do, but it doesn't bother me. I pick <laughs> up. I pick up whenever I can, and and if I'm busy okay. or in a meeting, I, I don't pick up. So. What? I say that because in the yeah, in yeah, the yeah. podcast, like I talk to him. <laughs> A lot. Well, we do. I, trust me. This yeah. is. A, I don't usually talk to people I interview that that often. It's convoluted. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. I know it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's basically the freaking Goonies. <laughs> it is, man. It is. All right, Roger. All right, man. Well, hey, take, okay. take care, everyone. All right, you too. All right, man. Bye. All right, guys, that was it. That was the four-part series on Michael Torres. I'm sure that's not the last time we'll hear from him. <laughs> and I heard a lot from you. I got tons of listener mail. Kelly, who is an archaeologist, told me that she hopes that I'm not glamorizing this type of behavior. She says, what he does on American soil is not exploring or discovering. It is only looting and thievery. I'm not saying this as an opinion, but as a legal fact. And then another academic wrote me and said, for someone to have zero publications online is a huge red flag. Publications is how you disseminate your work and how the rest of the academic community knows you. She wrote, when I search Michael Torres, I only get the other Dr. Torres who works in healthcare, not in aeronautics. If someone is claiming to have a PhD but has zero publications, you can be 99% sure they're fucking lying. Then I got an email from a woman whose husband went to the Citadel around the same time as Michael Torres. She wrote, I have a couple photos from the yearbook that showed Torres as a freshman. 
Yet, he is in none of the other yearbooks, which means that he did not return after the initial year, and therefore did not graduate. And one listener wrote, Michael Torres would be more believable if he didn't sound so young. Also, I had a really interesting discussion about Michael Torres with my co-host from Criminal Conduct, John Taylor. That conversation is now on Patreon. If you want to listen to it, go to pretendradio.org and click the donate button. Remember, on Patreon, not only do you get swag, but you also get lots of bonus content that you won't hear on the main feed. And you'll be helping support this little old show who really can't do it without you. So we really appreciate it. And also, I hope that my listeners in the U.S. have a wonderful Thanksgiving, a safe Thanksgiving. Please be careful out there. We're not done with this virus. So please take all the precautions you can. And we're going to get through this together. I'll have a couple new things to drop on this feed for the rest of the year, but be on the lookout for a whole new season in January. All right, guys, take care. Creative Babble.